This past summer, on a bat and bar mitzvah trip to Israel, our kvutzah, our group, got to enjoy Shabbat at a Reform synagogue in Modin. Does it sound familiar, Modin? It's the same place where the Maccabees first gathered up their courage to take a stand for Jewish identity. So there we were on Friday night. We prayed, men and women sitting together. There was a Reform rabbi and a male cantor leading the services. And what was magical about the evening was not just the two bat mitzvah girls that got up to lead Kiddush, because their bat mitzvah was the next day like yours. They were marvelous, though. But when the rabbi called up two men for an ufruf, just like what we saw today, the blessing just before their wedding, the blessing for a sweet life together, it was just wonderful. We San Franciscans felt right at home there at Modine. And we watched the rabbi, who was the mother of one of the men, cry a bit tears of joy as the, cantor, uh, the, the congregation, in that case, threw candy at, at their, her son. But what was not magical was the realization that Israel, this country that I love with all my heart, has yet to treat non-Orthodox Jews like those Israelis in that suburb of Tel Aviv equally to our Jewish traditionalist brothers and sisters. Every step of the way in Israeli history, governments on both the left and the right have denied funding for synagogues, because in those, that place you don't pay dues. Hopefully you're paying your dues, everybody. But in Israel, the synagogues are, are state-funded, have blocked the right to purchase land, have blocked recognition of life cycles in the reform and conservative reconstruction movements, have ultimately treated our brand of Judaism as being second class. The only reason that rabbi in Modin has paid a salary and has a building is because of tremendous support that she's received from our movement, both in Israel and the United States, and the work that she's done as a religious pioneer to meet the needs of those Jews of suburban Tel Aviv. That couple's wedding, even if they were heterosexual, would not be recognized by the state unless they traveled out of the country, Hutzlaaretz, to wonderful Jewish places like Cyprus because Israel's a signatory on treaties that recognize international weddings. But even if that were the case, the religious authority, the rabbinut, would not recognize the marriage and grant them marriage rights. What's the reason for this disparity? It is not just because of the complexity of the Israeli polity with coalition building that demands inclusion of parties who want total religious control. But I think it's also because we, diaspora Jews, have been too passive when it comes to trying to correct this wrong. Too understanding when we see something that hurts not just us, but Israelis who are seeking a way to have Jewish experience in life that reflects modern sensibilities and values, rather than walk away from Torah. Now, instead of throwing up our hands in disappointment and disgust, we as a reform movement, in partnership with Reconstructionists and conservative Jews, 
we've been working hard, as you know, to change this situation. Whether joining in support of Women of the Wall, getting organizations like APAC and the federations to speak out against this reality that pushes people away, or in adopting sister synagogues and helping privately fund them with our tzedakah. We have actively engaged this issue, all the while still bringing tourist groups. Rabbi, how many people are coming to have their bat mitzvah and bar mitzvah in Israel from this synagogue this summer? What's the total number? People. 75 people from Manuel going this summer to go be in Israel. And of course, we get calls all the time to support Israel politically in the halls of Congress and encourage economic connections as well. And so we've been there. And I have to say, along the way, in the last few years, there have been some changes for the better. Another female reform rabbi at Kibbutz Gezer was recognized a number of years ago by the government as a regional rabbi, kind of a government county rabbi. It's an official office in the state, and the government agreed to pay her particular salary. But the rabbinute, which is controlled by the ultra-Orthodox, what do they do? They, they refused. So who pays the salary? The Israeli sports department and budget <laughs> pays her salary. I don't know if she's good at soccer or not. But then five years ago, we as a movement had an aha moment when we realized that if we were to participate more fully in the World Zionist Organization elections, we could, through that official body and its auspices, not only directly fund non-Orthodox synagogues and support those pioneering rabbis, but also add our voice as a reform movement to official bodies that help to determine some Israeli policy. The World Zionist Organization, known as the WZO, well, it's the political body that was formed by Theodor Herzl in Basel, Switzerland, with the Zionist Congress as a means of connecting diaspora Jewry and bringing the state of Israel into being. Well, when that occurred, thank God, they kept up this institution as a way to connect the two communities. And among the WZO's responsibilities is the governing of the Israeli land company called the Karen Kayemet, which develops housing throughout the country, the distribution of funds to nonprofit organizations, hello synagogues, and encouraging education throughout the world about Israel. In that last election, when nobody was looking, because who cared about this? We got 40% of the vote in North America. And suddenly, we were a power at the table. People wanted to enter into coalition with us. And in so doing, we were able to help determine who the chair of the Karen Kayemet was for the last five years. We were able to help direct building away from the extremist areas in the West Bank. We were also able to direct $5 million a year in funding to our movement, which was an exponential rise beyond what we were getting from the sports budget for that one rabbi. <laughs> it's out of that funding that we were able to pay new rabbi salaries, help establish new synagogues in other parts of the country, help support the movement. And the impact has been astounding. I don't hear as often Israelis saying to me, Mazer reform, Anilo Mavin. What is this reform thing? I don't understand. 
But instead, they're flocking to some of the nascent synagogues to participate in the youth programs we offer, the preschools. They're going there to have their children have bat and bar mitzvah. They're asking our rabbis to officiate at their not-so-kosher weddings. I was called into a meeting on this last trip into the foreign ministry, and they showed, shared with our group the statistical results. Some of our members are here, went on that trip. That when asked now, 13% of Israelis say that they're Reformed Jews. 13%. That impact is now at risk because the five years are up. And we have new elections. They started just the other day on the 21st of this month. And our past success has motivated other slates to have the same good idea and try to take away our percentage of the vote and negate our funding. Understand that $5 million a year is difficult to replace in Israel, not to mention putting female and male rabbis who are reform on official councils, where suddenly ultra-Orthodox rabbis have to interact with them because they're in charge of part of the budget. Yes, money talks. So that's why we're opening up voting tonight here at the shul. That's why we've been sending letters to you and encouraging you to understand we want you to understand that if you care about Israel and the Jewish people, that you can step up and vote. And I won't lose my public funding to tell you to vote for me. Because <laughs> we're on the Arts of Slate, both Rabbi Beth and I. Simply click that Arts of Slate. It's a simple process. You go online. You agree that you support a Jewish state. You sign the Jerusalem program that says that that's important. You pay $7.5 if you're over 22. Otherwise, it's $5. And the money is used to pay for the election, and the credit cards are not kept. I want us to not forget that Israel is a young state. And demanding perfection of it, well, that can be the enemy of pursuing the good. To make change in a nascent place, to make change in their policy, one doesn't have to do what Moses did in this Torah portion, bring on plagues. But one can be a partner with Israel. And we can speak out more loudly and participate in ways that are affirming and that are effective. And this is one way to do so, to make a difference for Israel and for all Jews, whatever their particular Jewish persuasion. Rabbi Beth and I are proud to represent the reform movement in this endeavor. We're grateful for the synagogue for helping support us to do so in the national conferences we've attended. Like the Maccabees, we do believe that those who thought they were powerless can work to make a difference and restore light and hope. Amen. Shabbat Shalom.